postpartum body odor. It is a totally natural phenomenon because your body chemistry changes after giving birth. And so sometimes that means that what worked before is no longer effective. But I am excited to say that now there is a solution for that stubborn odor. The Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant is a completely natural deodorant made by a postpartum mom who went through it herself. And it works by eliminating and preventing bacterial body odor without covering up your skin's comforting smell to your baby while giving you 12 hours of odor control. And let me tell you, it actually works. Here at the house, we've all been trying it and loving it. Now, before you think, ew, you're sharing a deodorant with your husband and daughter, let me explain that this full-body deodorant comes in a convenient pump applicator that lets you apply it anywhere on your body with no bacteria traveling on the deodorant, so no ew involved. We also love that the Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant has a delightful natural scent of USDA certified organic extracts that smell like a pink sugar cookie with lemon frosting. I thought this would be a little strange, but it's actually amazing. Also, the Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant is free from artificial fragrances and any kind of senoestrogens or herbs that can interfere with breastfeeding. Find your Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant at postpartumdeodorant.com. That's postpartumdeodorant.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off through the month of May. Get your Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant now at postpartumdeodorant.com and start smelling more like yourself again. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've taken gorgeous photos of your baby or your kids, and then when you want to share them, it is a pain either trying to find the photos or figuring out the group text that they should go to, and then also remembering that, say, Aunt Helen only does email, so you need to send her image separately. Or like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. Enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without third-party ads or unwanted eyes and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown. And you can also order eight photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage. Plus, it's totally free. Yup, no more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So, to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. Hey, Mighty One, we are taking a quick break in between our Birthful series to bring you some of our favorite Best of Birthful episodes. 
These episodes are a great complement to some of the topics from our Movement and Body Wellness and Pregnancy series, with the last one being one of my favorite conversations with the wonderful Wapio. And then we're going to lean into a lot more from Wapio during the start of our Birth Beyond the Clinical Experience series, which is the next one up in our lineup. Enjoy. Hey, Mighty One. With nearly 300 Birthful episodes in over five years, it may be hard to know where to begin listening to the show. To make it easier, we've put together the Best of Birthful series, which showcases some of our favorite or most relevant episodes. This is one of those. If you enjoy what you hear, make sure you subscribe. It's free and that way you won't miss a thing. Enjoy. Hello, Mighty Parents and Parents-to-be. As always, thank you so much for the love you give the show and all the recommendations and telling your friends about it. My guest is the amazing Gail Tully. Gail has over 35 years of experience working with birth, including 20 years as a home birth midwife, and she's responsible for conceiving and developing spinning babies. Gail, welcome. So happy to have you here. Adriana, it's wonderful to be with you. So, After 20 years being a midwife, what made you decide to focus on baby's position and create spinning babies? I'd been really learning about baby's position through the time that I was attending births actively and noticed that we didn't have a lot of tools. We didn't have a lot of techniques that were effective universally. Very often, the strategy today is to strengthen the contractions and get the cervix to dilate. And I, I am very pragmatic in looking at the physical, but I'm noticing that there's a lot of soft tissue anatomy, a lot of muscles, ligaments. And by studying those and observing birth, I think that the baby's position is a reflection of the mother's soft tissues. The soft tissues the muscles pull here, the ligament pulls there. Now, these aren't the only reasons for babies to get into positions that are less ideal for birth, but I think that that's the most common reason. And so by focusing on what we can do to make baby's job easier, then we make labor easier for the mother. We help the labor to progress the way nature would have it progress and more comfortably for the woman, more pleasurably. So if she has hopes for a natural childbirth, uh, we can add a lot of techniques in our approach to make that more enjoyable and more possible in today's sort of busy obstetrical hospitals, right? There's some pretty simple techniques. Some of them are kind of unusual that make room for the baby. And what I mean is it releases something too tight or it helps something come out of a twist. Maybe it's a ligament from the uterus to the sacrum, right in between the uterus and the inside of the mother's very bottom of her back, you know, right in that triangular sacrum. And if that's pulled over to the side, the mother might not notice it. Sometimes women are aware that one leg is slightly shorter than the other or a hip is slightly rotated. Uh, It's achy to walk. She has sciatica pain. You know, these could be misalignments or a muscle that's too tight. Um, And it's kind of her body sending signals of there's something up here. Yeah, right? Because pain is always a signal to get our attention. What's it teaching us? It's our teacher. So what I've been learning over the years is I started out talking about, well, if we do this technique, it, it helps labor progress. Now I'm realizing, 
oh, the soft anatomy is something to really pay attention to. So you mentioned the a, a bit of on the elements that come into play in determining baby's position, and you spoke to about soft tissues. Can you tell yes. us a little bit more what those soft tissues are? What we're think what sure. you're considering? That would be all the muscles and ligaments, and even the membrane around the organs, muscles, ligaments, and joints and vessels called the fascia. So when that comes into balance, and we don't have to be perfect, but then we have space, and we have flexibility, and we have tone, and we have mobile a mobile sacrum. And the mobile sacrum is the very key to childbirth. Why is that? Because it moves a centimeter or two centimeters out of the baby's path. Nobody really talks about that, but it's known, it's, it's commented on, but it's not really clearly discussed in, in uh, the midwifery world or the physician world looking at birth. For instance, I've heard Ina May talk about midwives in the Caribbean saying the the baby won't come until the back opens. What does that mean, the back opens? Well, okay. the natural reflexes in childbirth, the natural movement of the body in childbirth is not only the cervix dilating, but it's also the sacrum backing away from the center of the body. So, Gail, how early should people start doing these activities? So imagine a spectrum from easy to difficult. If you truly are on the easy side, then a technique or two does it. So the woman that happens to be on the more difficult side of the spectrum of ease will need to do several things. It would be great to have a questionnaire so that we could figure out where we are on this spectrum of ease, but I don't think it's that simple because there's about 36 muscles going to the pelvis. On the website, on spinningbabies.com, you have some daily activities, daily exercises that any mom can do. Now, even if they're on the easy or the more difficult spectrum, if they're on the easy, this won't this won't make things out of whack. Like they right. they're all going towards balance. So there's really no harm in them doing them. As long as people well, there's there's certain contraindications like don't go upside down if you have high blood pressure, mm -hmm. glaucoma. And and then how are we gonna do it? We're gonna do it gently, we're gonna do it attuned to our body. We're going to, you know, the guidelines I put in by doing it gently or doing this one once a day or that one once a week, you know, those seem to be fine schedules. But some people will think, well, if this is good to do once a day, I'm going to do it 10 times a day. And, you know, it's the over-enthusiastic kind of approach like that, that I can't say that may be too much. But Adding balance does not make a baby in a poor position because the baby would be in the best position possible if the space was available. Some women have back labor with a posterior baby and some don't. And, and I didn't have a posterior baby and I had back labor because I'm short and I had a car accident. And I thought going to the chiropractor a couple of times was enough. But when I got pregnant again, I mean, when I got pregnant after the years after the car accident, uh, you know, I, all I was doing was walking 
And walking is great, and it's one of the most important exercises, but it doesn't open the hips. You can imagine your legs are always going forward, back, forward, and back. They're never going, you know, there wasn't a lot of side to side. So forward lunges are perfect, but also doing some things with your thighs apart. You know, you need like um, windmills, an excellent exercise. And there's some specific hip opener, different wonderful exercises that are addressing more muscles. So instead of me addressing the very same set of muscles all the time, I want to increase more muscles and get more range of motion. So flexibility and range of motion alignment, these are all words that kind of go with balance. So what can moms do to make that sacrum more mobile and those soft tissues more aligned? You know, I've really been influenced by Katie Bowman on this, and she really suggests starting out with calf stretches and doing calf stretches for a couple of weeks and then getting into squats. And she has a very specific way of doing squats um, and doing them more once you learn how to do them with your feet flat on the floor and your ankles underneath your knees. I like hanging on to two doorknobs of one open door um, and leaning back away from the door Mm -hmm. um like you're gonna sit on a chair that's too far behind you to actually sit on but you're tipping your pelvis to try to reach that chair that's too far back so sticking that tailbone out and kind of trying to keep your knees behind your toes yeah your knees are behind your toes yep right over your ankles and your knees are not that far apart you know comfortable for the belly to fit in between and you don't have to do a deep squat you can start you start out with the calf stretches for a couple of weeks and then you do a few squats now and then through the day but none of this 50 squats a day 100 squats a day in the city living um because we're not used to doing squats we got to build up to it yeah and, and we need to do squats in our daily life so put your cutting board on the floor and squat, <laughs> scrape your vegetables or you know, find other ways to integrate squatting in your life. So, okay, calf stretch squats, the hip openers, walking, you know, and thinking about letting that core be toned and flexible, but not built up. We're not trying to go for strength or tightness or shortness. Having tight abdominals and pelt in pregnancy is not ideal. You know, a tight neck and shoulders is not ideal. So you just want toned. Yeah, you want tone and flexibility. You want to have the movement. And then things like chiropractic adjustments, or you were talking about massage, or are those beneficial and are they required or can they? always required. But again, it's like, where are we on the spectrum? Mm -hmm. So if I misjudge myself, as being overly ideal, sometimes I find out a little too late that I'm not. So I, you know, I'm not qualified to assess another person. That's not my forte. But as most midwives, I tend to notice certain patterns. Um, For one thing, pelvic instability and pain. Like some women are in so much pain when they're laying on their side uh, in bed or they're, they're, in pain laying down and they try on this side and they try on that side and they end up having to sit up because they just can't sleep. Pelvic instability is a sign something's off and then fetal position reflects that instability, so to speak. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's also nutritional. We need good nutrition. We need good uh, calcium magnesium. We need the proper kinds of iodine without being silly and taking iodine supplements without the supervision of an expert. We don't want to be eating junk because every bite counts right now. Ah, postpartum brain fog. Did you even know that was a thing? But I'm guessing that if you have little ones at home, you're probably feeling it, along with the increased mental load of trying to be a multitasking caregiver, facing the stressful demands of everyday life. And that's without even considering the added lack of sleep. It's definitely a lot, which is why I'm so appreciative of Needed's cognitive support supplement created to help support key aspects of cognitive health like focus and attention, brain health and memory, and even alleviate brain fog and eye fatigue. Now, what makes Needed's cognitive support so unique is that unlike many other cognitive support supplements, Needed's is appropriate to take while breastfeeding. In fact, it was designed with this in mind. But don't just take my word for it. In an in-market study, 92% of people taking Needed's cognitive support saw an improvement in overall cognitive function, with 78% seeing an improvement in mental clarity, aka brain fog. And of these many positive reviews, my favorite is one that says, quote, This is my third postpartum period. This is the best I have felt mentally and physically, despite now having three kiddos to care for, end quote. Basically, taking Needed's cognitive support is an easy way to help reclaim your brain during postpartum. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. Today's episode is sponsored by Acorns, and sometimes I find that investing gets put off because it doesn't seem urgent or because with our busy lives, we may not have the time to research and manage said investments. Which is why I so appreciate that Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future and that you don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. So for example, I take advantage of Acorns Roundup feature where they round up the purchase amounts I make in my linked account to the nearest dollar and then they automatically transfer that to my invest account portfolio. Also, Acorns can recommend an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. For me, that's easy-peasy investing. Head to acorns.com slash birthful or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash birthful. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorn Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. So I want to talk about labor, and I also want to talk about how can moms figure out what position their babies are in? Because oh, oh, being 
Yeah, let's talk about belly mapping. Yeah, because you've mentioned that baby's position is sort of a reflection of their soft tissue. So that could be another figuring out how baby is can help them figure out how much, maybe a little bit of where they are in that spectrum. So first we have to know what week's gestation it matters. And balance matters throughout because we're going to have better hormonal function and comfort. Then we want to think, Okay, it's normal for the baby to be laying on its side in the womb, maybe a little oblique, maybe really sideways, uh, for 26 weeks of pregnancy. Then around 26 weeks, then by the time 28, 30 weeks is happening, the heaviness of the baby's head is such, it brings the baby's head down. So the mother has to think, if, I'm, if they're going to figure out their baby's position, how many weeks they are so that they know what to expect. Because if they're looking for the baby to be vertical and they find the baby sideways, but they're 24 weeks in pregnancy, that's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. So there's no worry about it. So we do daily essentials, any time in pregnancy, what every mother can. And if we need to do more for comfort, for fetal position, or for soothing a challenging birth history, we would start as early as we can. So... Now, to tell the baby's position or not, we think about how little baby is. Like all people, the back is, the, the limbs curve away from the back, right? Your, your back is smooth and flat, and the legs and arms sort of bend towards the front. And in the fetal position, you know, the arms and legs tend to be curled up towards the tummy, and the tummy bent a little bit, right? Uh-huh. The chin drops down. So we can use that information when we try to figure out baby's position so if a woman a woman has to lay down on her back and let's say it's going to be more easy to figure out your baby's position from 36 weeks to the end of pregnancy some women can find the baby's position at 34 weeks and a very few women can figure it out at 28 weeks or so and it depends on how firm what I say is the broad ligament. A lot of midwives will say how it's the abdominals, how strong is the woman's abdominals. That can be too, but it can also be uh, tension in the broad ligament because when you do some rebozo sifting, that tends to help relax the broad ligament. It helps put the mother in a relaxed state. It's a wonderful technique. As long as she's not bleeding or cramping, then you would never do these techniques and you would go to the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't stop and do these techniques. So I, I know that sounds a little extra cautious, but I realize I have to be very clear, as clear as I can be. And we are hearing wonderful stories of women having more comfortable pregnancies. Now, those women are working it every day. And I don't mean working it like a athlete. Keeping active and doing their daily admissions and, and your recommendations from the website. Yes, and for those women that are already athletes, it's a, it's the patience of softening, of getting that feminine softness for the baby to pass through. So we want length in the pelvic floor, not strength in the pelvic floor. When we have length, we'll have flexibility and tone, and there'll be the strength there, but we're not going for the strength. Because you need to create space. Yeah. That's right, Adriana. Thank you. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, we really think about it as let's make space for the baby. We don't have to know the baby's position. 
I noticed that if a mother, you know how a mother gets a little browner line down the center of her tummy from her belly button down to the pubic bone? Mm-hmm. And that's the, I call that the center line. If the, it's really helpful in belly mapping because the mother can say, okay, my, you know, maybe it is her left side feels a big, firm, smooth part of the baby, feels kind of hard on that side, where her right side would be kind of more squishy but bumpy, little bumps or kicks maybe on her right side. Uh, that means the baby's back would be on her left and the limbs would be over on the right, so the baby's likely facing her right side. That's Now, how do we know if that's left occiput anterior or left occiput transverse or left occiput posterior could be any of those three any of the lefts would be good so they don't need to get very much into that detail or just right that's what i think and even the left the baby that's posterior if the back of their head is on the left that usually means in most of these for most of the left occiput posterior babies that their chin's tucked so the contractions will help rotate the baby where the baby that's coming from the right their back is straight because the right side of the, the uterus is more steep. And so that puts their forehead sometimes over the pubic bone. And so the first time mother doesn't have her baby engaged when she starts labor. So, see, spinning babies is about how to help the baby's chin get tucked, how to make room for the baby. It's all to help the baby rotate with the contractions of labor because rotation is very much a part of labor progress and the natural process of labor and having the baby rotate is a sign of progress and it sometimes needs to happen before the cervix dilates very much. So if we're only looking at cervical dilation, we are not looking at the key to labor progress. We're looking at the result. Mm-hmm. Because and we, we always hear this partnership of mom's jobs to dilate, baby's jobs to rotate. Ooh, I bet you found that on the Spinning Babies website. <laughs> I've been hearing that for years. Yeah, well, it's, that's a, it's a perfect saying, right? That's where it comes from. And um, yes, be, yes, because um, it's not really, by, by trying to force open the cervix with Pitocin or different medications that that are offered or, or directed to pregnant or, and birthing women, uh, we're, tr- you know, we're looking for the result. And basically, Adriana, I liken it to the two-year-old who wants to go through the door. The two-year-old runs ahead of his or her mother, pounds on the door, wants to get outside to play. The, mo- the mother comes over and turns the doorknob and magically the door opens and out they go to play. Um, it's like if we pound the pressure at the cervix with Pitocin, get turning up that Pitocin, turning up that Pitocin, we are trying to break through that door without turning the doorknob. And mm-hmm. the baby's, when the baby rotates, it fits through the pelvis like a puzzle piece dropping into place. Then the back of the head, the crown of the head, comes onto the cervix. Because the mother's been in labor now, her body's ready to open. She's soft. She's ready to have her baby. We're waiting on the baby. And I find that this is really important for moms to 
to think about, like, go to Spinning Babies and, and read the information and don't be overwhelmed because you'll figure it out. It's, it's harder to talk about it on the on audio, on, like on the radio, than to actually see it. So there's great visuals on Spinning Babies. But I, off, I so often hear a common fear of, is my baby too, you know, will my baby fit through my pelvis? Is baby too big? And I think it's really valuable, all the work you do, because it has nothing to do, or not nothing to do, but that disproportion of head too big for the pelvis is extremely rare, whereas it's more about considering you've got to have the baby's smallest part of the head <laughs> go through the biggest part of the pelvis and yes. then it will it will work so it's not so much of is my baby too big rarely is baby too big it's more is my baby in the right position and am i balanced and in the right position so that this baby can flow right through flow right through that's it because it's it's the angle of the head not the size of the head the baby whose chin is tucked uh, can help with the birth, can wiggle its shoulder and press the crown of the head down. It can it can find the roomier spot in the pelvis. Um, you know, the baby is designed to do that, and this the head is designed to mold and turn into that cone shape that people find funny to joke about, you know. Uh, and that cone shape goes away within hours. Uh, you got to take a picture right away because it's going to be gone before the hour. <laughs> Um, and it is fascinating to me to see the competence and the skill of the baby being born and the instinctual competence of the mother who is in somewhat in balance. Like I said, we don't have to be perfect. Uh, she's getting those signals in birth. She goes deep into her birthing being and the hormones flow through her. There's this rhythm to labor that she can trust and follow when her and the baby are lined up together. Mm -hmm. And with, with that rhythm, things will flow. But yes. so let's say mom's in labor and hot, labor isn't flowing so well and the contractions aren't coming like clockwork and stronger, longer, closer together, but they are a little kind of all over the place, five minutes, three minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, not progressing. What's then? <laughs> yes. Well, I call that an asymmetrical labor pattern. It's, it's, um, it's not predictable. And it seems like starting and then it seems like it's stopping. And some women say, is my starter broken? Why won't this labor start? What's the matter? And it can get tiring, and you get your expectations and your hopes up, and then it backs off. So there isn't this, this rhythm, right? You can't establish this rhythm with this labor. So what's going on? Um, so a couple things to think about. Is the mother due? If the mother isn't due and she's having some contractions, is she hydrated? Uh, is she talking to her care provider to get assessed? If they're f more than four an hour, she wants to get assessed. Um, if she is due, then uh, some, for, is she a first-time mom? Is she uh, 
is the baby engaged? Now, how do we tell if the baby's engaged? Because sometimes when the forehead is over, the pubic bone, the back of the head, can be in the pelvis. If the midwife or nurse or doctor reaches inside to feel the baby's head, they might feel that the head's not wiggling and it's in the pelvis. But, you know, Adriana, nobody checks the outside for the forehead. Mm-hmm. So let's check. Is the baby's whole head in the pelvis? If not, we add balance. We do our balancing exercises. And there's some special ones. We talked about the daily ones. There's some weekly ones that can also be used in in labor. We can do that rebozo sifting early in labor and follow it up with the forward leaning inversion where the mother puts her knees on her couch. And as long as she doesn't have high blood pressure, glaucoma, or uh, some type of medical risk, she's a healthy woman. She can put her knees on the edge of the couch, put one hand on the floor, the second hand on the floor, then the first elbow on the floor, the second elbow on the floor. Let her neck hang. She's not resting her head on the floor, but she's tucking her chin. And this gives her uterosacral ligament a chance to stretch. She takes just three breaths, just about 30 seconds. It's letting that lower uterine segment have more space so the baby can tuck its chin. Then we go from forward leaning inversion into sideline release. And sideline release is not laying on one side. It's a very specific bodywork technique from the myofascial community. Uh, it's very picky at how to do it, but really any adult can learn how to do it. And on the website, you have beautiful illustration or photos that illustrate how to do it with great instructions. So I'm just going to tell people go there. <laughs> Yeah, go instead to of trying to explain it with audio. Exactly. But just to know that it's very precise and the helper has to be uh, close to the mother so she can't fall. And it's a great technique. It's so, it relieves pain. It helps so many labors. And those are the three sisters, the rebozo sifting, the forward leaning inversion, and the uh, sideline release and then they're standing sacral so I call that the fantastic four (laughs) because um, the standing sacral gives flexibility and mobility to the sacrum so we're getting that the lift the lift and tuck no no that's help with engagement so first we did balance now we're going to do a technique that's going to aim the baby into the pelvis and help the chin tucked and the the essential part of this technique was designed by Janie King, an engineer in Texas who wrote Back Labor No More. Excellent little book. And I just emphasize doing a posterior pelvic tilt while you do it. And that increases the success of this technique. It's done for 10 contractions in a row. And it helps tuck the baby's chin. And the contractions are the key. It's not effective without the contractions. The contractions and rotate the baby off the pubic bone and lets the baby into the pelvis. And the important thing is you really need to commit to those 10 contractions. Yeah. I yeah, find. You're often inter- interrupted. You mm-hmm. know, like, um, uh, something will, a person will come in and say it's time for checking the baby's heart rate, for instance. So you don't get to do it through one contraction. That's okay. Just start with the count on the next contraction. And so spinning babies is the active part of patience. Um, I'm giving those women that want to do some active preparation some very useful skills and, and tools to use 
even though I realized that not everybody needs this, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, adding balance well, is not going to hurt anybody, but not everybody is out of balance, right? Right. And But the truth is we've got these really comfy chairs that let us, you know, yeah. slouch and lean back and we're not doing many squats. I mean, we could, we all could use a little more balance. <laughs> we're not out of whack, but we could all use a little more balance. Yeah. And the main thing is that we do it in a way where it's just integrated with life and it's not a worry and a concern so that we're not um, adding stress. Adding stress. You know, we're already stressed. It's natural for pregnant women to be a little bit anxious about, am I doing things right? So I'm in a kind of a predicament of talking about what are the common causes of an unexpected cesarean uh, or an unwanted cesarean. And how to have this peaceful, chill kind of a attitude, which is where birth lives, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, yeah, that is our constant crux, definitely. But I think you're doing a great job of giving people, giving moms and, and, and their partners tools. <laughs> wonderful. Thank Thanks. you so much, Gail. You're welcome. You've been listening to a Best of Birthful episode. To listen to the original longer version of this episode, click on the link in the show notes. And there are many more where this came from. Look for episodes with the words Best of Birthful in the title to continue your deep dive to inform your intuition. You can find the in-depth show notes for this episode at birthful.com. You can also connect with us directly on Instagram. We're at Birthful Podcast. Birthful was created by me, Adriana Lozada, and is a production of Lantigua Williams & Co. The show's senior producer is Paulina Velasco. Virginia Lora is the managing producer. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Ali Kiltz contributed to the production of the Best of Birthful series. Thank you for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and everywhere you listen. Come back every week for more ways to inform your intuition. Hey, Mighty One, did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.